Welcome to Bible Believers Fellowship and the ministry of BBFOhio.com. I'm Pastor Greg, and I welcome you to our current events update and then our study in Micah chapter 3, verses 1 through 7, titled, There is no answer of God. The conclusion of this two-part message can be found at bbfohio.com. As we now begin, this is part one of two. Our current events update. Number one, Israel at war, the date 2724, and it's actually day 123 since October 7th began the whole ordeal. There are reports out that claim that 32 of those 136 hostages are actually dead. That would be sad to find out, but that's what the I-24 News, it's a website I recommend if you want to get good, accurate information. The Times of Israel is another good one. They reported that uh, a fifth of hostages, uh, 32 to be exact, um, in Hamas captivity, are believed to be dead. So um, in the report, anonymous Israeli military officials said 32 confirmed deceased hostages have been informed of their loved one's fate. So that means the families just found out. So that would take it down to 104 if that's the case, and it seems to be. Regardless, negotiations for the release of the remaining 136 with 104 living hostages continue. I'm supposing they've probably buried the dead. I mean, not to be morbid or anything, but you'd have to put them in a freezer otherwise. And uh, I don't know if they even have the ability to do that over there. So, yeah, and if they would care to even do that. So... The Gaza ceasefire hostage negotiations are set to renew tomorrow in Egypt. And that's according to Arab reports. So we'll see what's uh, going to happen. Uh, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken is in Israel on his fifth visit since the start of the war four months ago. So we'll find out more about that. But it would not appear to me that an agreement is near since Hamas is demanding multi-stage, 135-day uh, uh, plan that they have leading to a permanent ceasefire. And I don't think that's on uh, the table with Israel. So uh, we'll leave it there and just continue to keep our eye on it. And uh, number two, Marxist censorship, setting the stage for Revelation 13. We've been giving you little bits of information that show that the Bible predicts this time when everyone's going to be under the control of the Antichrist and the false prophet and the beast system. And it's all being put into place when it comes to technology. We've talked about the data warehouse storage units going up all over the place, the uh, advanced computer chips like the one called North Pole, uh, artificial intelligence, uh, and the growth of what they're calling artificial general intelligence and so forth. But it's also about control of information. And Tucker Carlson, I don't know if you've seen this, he's being attacked for being a journalist. He went to Russia to interview Putin. And uh, this is the kind of uh, fake news, liberal leftist Marxist response 
to the news that he's over there. A massive shakeup in Kyiv coming as Putin is trying to court the MAGA GOP in the United States. In fact, one of the leaders of the MAGA GOP is in Moscow tonight. It's the man you see here with the MAGA leader Donald Trump, Tucker Carlson. Possibly there in Moscow to interview Putin. Definitely there as a Putin supporting celebrity. Of course, Carlson is now just another far-right conspiracy peddler with a show on the internet. He's no longer on Fox, as we all know. And he's apparently been spending the last few days in Moscow for some reason. Who knows? We don't know why. He has to stay relevant somehow, so I guess we'll learn in the coming days. Maybe. Oh, David, I've got an easy assignment for you. Please unpack yes. the Russian nesting doll <laughs> that is Tucker Carlson possibly interviewing <laughs> Vladimir Putin. Now, it is unclear if an interview between Putin and Carlson will take place, but if it does, it, did. it gives Putin a chance to sit down with a big supporter. Yeah. yeah, well, when I first heard that he was there, I just assumed he was there to get an award because there probably isn't an American who has done more for Vladimir Putin in the last couple of years. You see what they're doing? A, a journalist going there to just interview Putin He's not going there as a fan. He's not a, a supporter. They're trying to discredit him in every way that every libtarded idiot in the country would buy, which would be to paint him up as a MAGA, ultra MAGA, or whatever. Sadly, folks, most of the people in this country are stupid. So you can just bet, if you were a betting man or woman, that most of the people you and I know, outside of our... Uh, Bible-believing family here and online. Outside of that, uh, most of the people will come across buy this stuff. They're being brainwashed and completely programmed. Let's let Tucker explain why he did the interview. We're in Moscow tonight. We're here to interview the president of Russia, Vladimir Putin. We'll be doing that soon. There are risks to conducting an interview like this, obviously. So we thought about it carefully over many months. Here's why we're doing it. First, because it's our job. We're in journalism. Our duty is to inform people. Two years into a war that's reshaping the entire world, most Americans are not informed. They have no real idea what's happening in this region, here in Russia or 600 miles away in Ukraine. But they should know. They're paying for much of it in ways they might not fully yet perceive. The war in Ukraine is a human disaster. It's left hundreds of thousands of people dead an entire generation of young Ukrainians, and has depopulated the largest country in Europe. But the long-term effects are even more profound. This war has utterly reshaped the global military and trade alliances, and the sanctions that followed have as well. And in total, they have upended the world economy. The post-World War II economic order, the system that guaranteed prosperity in the West for more than 80 years, is coming apart very fast, and along with it, the dominance of the U.S. dollar. These are not small changes. They are history-altering developments. They will define the lives of our grandchildren. Most of the world understands this perfectly well. They can see it. Ask anyone in Asia or the Middle East what the future looks like. And yet the populations of the English-speaking countries seem mostly unaware. They think that as nothing has really changed. And they think that because no one has told them the truth. Their media outlets are corrupt. They lie to their readers and viewers. And they do that mostly by omission. For example, since the day the war in Ukraine began, American media outlets have spoken to scores 
of people from Ukraine, and they've done scores of interviews with Ukrainian President Zelensky. We ourselves have put in a request for an interview with Zelensky, and we hope he accepts. But the interviews he's already done in the United States are not traditional interviews. They are fawning pep sessions, specifically designed to amplify Zelensky's demand that the U.S. enter more deeply into a war in Eastern Europe and pay for it. That is not journalism. It is government propaganda. That's right. Propaganda of the ugliest kind, the kind that kills people. At the same time, our politicians and media outlets have been doing this, promoting a foreign leader like he's a new consumer brand. Not a single Western journalist has bothered to interview the president of the other country involved in this conflict, Vladimir Putin. Most Americans have no idea why Putin invaded Ukraine or what his goals are now. They've never heard his voice. That's wrong. Americans have a right to know all they can about a war they're implicated in. And we have the right to tell them about it because we are Americans too. Freedom of speech is our birthright. We were born with the right to say what we believe. That right cannot be taken away no matter who is in the White House. But they're trying anyway. Almost three years ago, the Biden administration illegally spied on our text messages and then leaked the contents to their servants in the news media. They did this in order to stop a Putin interview that we were planning. Last month, we're pretty certain they did exactly the same thing once again. But this time, we came to Moscow anyway. We are not here because we love Vladimir Putin. We are here because we love the United States. And we want it to remain prosperous and free. We paid for this trip ourselves. We took no money from any government or group. Nor are we charging people to see the interview. It is not behind a paywall. Anyone can watch the entire thing, shot live to tape and unedited, on our website, TuckerCarlson.com. Elon Musk, to his great credit, has promised not to suppress or block this interview once we post it on his platform, X, and we're grateful for that. Western governments, by contrast, will certainly do their best to censor this video on other less principled platforms because that's what they do. They are afraid of information they can't control. But you have no reason to be afraid of it. We are not encouraging you to agree with what Putin may say in this interview. But we are urging you to watch it. You should know as much as you can. And then, like a free citizen and not a slave, you can decide for yourself. Amen. Thanks. Amen. So in response, leftists, Dems, neocons, rhinos, both major parties, uniparty, whatever you want to call it, they mock him. This is an example. They put him in front of a Nazi sim uh, symbols and say, you may not agree with Hitler, but we urge you to hear him. Yeah. yeah. One of the best things that could have happened for a lot of Americans would be to have just read his book so they could see that what was happening was a part of a plan he had to destroy the Jews, among other things. So that's what real journalists have always done. About 70, 80 years ago, if, if you were to discuss journalism, take courses on journalism, journalism, you would have heard of this lady, Dorothy Thompson. She was known affectionately by her peers as the first lady of journalism. What did she do? This is from one of her bios. Quote, in Munich, Thompson met and interviewed Adolf Hitler. And for the first time in 1931, this would be the basis for her subsequent book, I Saw Hitler. That's what real journalists do. So while criticizing 
Tucker then, this, they, they, see they, if you listen to them talk long enough, they show their dishonesty. Yeah. While they're criticizing him, they also whine that Tucker was able to get the interview that they sought after themselves. So they want to criticize him for going and interviewing Putin and now admitting they would have too if he would have sat down with them. Why didn't Putin sit down with him? I think Putin's a devil. Disclaimer. I don't like Putin. But he ain't no dummy. He's not going to sit down in front of the uniparty globalist fake news and do an interview. As a matter of fact, I think Trump could learn something from him. I wouldn't sit down with these people and talk to them. They're liars. Here's an example. This guy's from BBC. His name's Steve Rosenberg. He says, interesting to hear Tucker Carlson claim that no Western journalist has bothered to interview Putin since the invasion of Ukraine. We've lodged several requests with the Kremlin in the last 18 months. Always a no for us. Tucker is a traitor and a pawn for interviewing Putin, but they wouldn't have been if they had done it. Yeah. <laughs> I posted, so let's get this straight. Tucker is a traitor to humanity for interviewing Putin, but the BBC has tried to do what he's doing for the last 18 months, but were simply turned down. And that was when I first put it up. I got some responses, mostly actually positive, <laughs> after I posted that response. This is another, liberals be like, Barbara Walters interviewed him, journalism. Uh, something poops a lot, he, he interviewed him, journalism. There's Charlie Rose interviewing journalism, but then when Tucker does it, treason. See what liars these people are? And again, we're not taking sides, just like Tucker said. Uh, I, I believe he feels the same way. There is not a right or good side to this fight between Russia and Ukraine. You know, might be educational for some people to learn this, but sometimes two bad guys fight. Mm -hmm. There isn't always a good guy. Magog, Russia versus Ukraine is how I see it. And uh, the, it's called the bear, the Russian bear, the enemy of Israel in the Bible. But Ukraine is an ally of Antichrist globalists. And during the war, World War II, there were Nazis. And they're still Nazis. Go look at the leadership of Ukraine right now. They're a bunch of Nazis. They even have tattoos and wave the Nazi flags. And up until it became something we were supposed to support, go back in the archives, go to what do they call that, uh, the, the archive.org has a, a web thing where you can go back and look at old sites. Can't remember what it's called. But you can actually see the websites as they were like five, ten years ago, and you'll see all these same news organizations were calling Ukraine Nazis. So censorship is policy now for the DNC, which is the Democrats, GOP, Republican elites, news media, etc. And the Biden administration has been censoring Americans. It's all out there now for anybody to see. 
the White House was flagging posts for Facebook to censor COVID misinformation. Of course, we've documented that many times over the last three or four years. Um, Blaze Media reports the Biden White House successfully pressured Amazon to censor and suppress books. Uh, the emails are now out. Uh, our fellow here in uh, Jim Jordan, our congressman here in Ohio, is putting these out for everybody to read. You can see it for yourself. Then another news story says Amazon censored COVID-19 vaccine books after feeling pressure from Biden White House. There's never been a time where we've had a, an administration successfully, but even in, in this sense, even attempting to censor books and censor the American people the way this Marxist, leftist, Biden administration is doing. So, again, we're just watching this thing build up, build up, soon and very soon. Amen? Amen. All right, so we're getting into Micah chapter 3. Corrupt church and state is what we would call it today. Result in the consequence that there is no answer of God. That's where we'll see this all lead as we go through the first seven verses. And we'll read the, have you read with me on the odd? So if you're there, begin with me in verse 1. And I said, Here I pray you, O heads of Jacob, and ye princes of the house of Israel, is it not for you to know judgment, who hate the good and love the evil, who pluck off their skin from off them and their flesh from off their bones, who also eat the flesh of my people and flay their skin from off them, and they break their bones and chop them in pieces, as for the pot, and as flesh within the cauldron. Then shall they cry unto the Lord, but he will not hear them. He will even hide his face from them at that time, as they have behaved themselves ill in their doings. Thus saith the Lord God concerning the prophets that make my people err, that bite with their teeth and cry, Peace, and he that putteth not into their mouths, they even prepare war against him. Therefore night shall be unto you, that ye shall not have a vision, and it shall be dark unto you, that ye shall not divine. And the sun shall go down over the prophets, and the day shall be dark over them. Then shall the seers be ashamed, and the diviners confounded. Yea, they shall all cover their lips, for there is no answer of God. Amen. So Micah described Israel on the path to destruction in this section. Uh, he begins with what we would call reprobation. I just, for a short, simple title of this section, there's no better word for it. Then that results in God's silence. That's four, verses 4 through 7. Then we're just going to end with a short discussion on the living dead. <laughs> so in the last stages of apostasy, everything in a culture is perverted and flipped on its head. Welcome. We know we're in the last stages of apostasy. Everything is perverted and flipped on its head, and you, you even find, I don't know if it's a majority, but it's way too many, like Alistair Begg and what he's doing up there in Cleveland, trying to tell everybody to just 
give up, go to the gay weddings, take a gift, go along like Lot's wife. Jesus said to remember Lot's wife, it wasn't supposed to be a suggestion to live by, it was a warning. Mm -hmm. Alistair Begg, somebody tell him on my behalf if you like, you are Lot's wife. And all those who follow you are Lot's wife. Amen. What do you think Lot's wife did? She went right along with the Sodomites. And when she was leaving the city, she longed to go back. She turned back in longing for it. Most Christians today would do the same thing. Yeah. Because they're doing it. They're doing it right now. Yep. So that's why I say it's uh, reprobation. There's first three verses. Verse 1. And I said, Here I pray you, O heads of Jacob, and ye princes of the house of Israel... That's the uh, first portion there. Is it not for you to know judgment? Now, heads of state and princes are obligated to know and follow God's law. Do you know the kings of Israel were supposed to actually handwrite the entire Pentateuch and keep a copy then with them at all times? How many of you, you think they actually did that? Very few. Josiah... King David and Josiah, maybe Solomon did, but he put his on the shelf and lost track of it. Hezekiah, Hezekiah might have done it. But not very many of the kings did it. And today, how many of your presidents you think know God's law? And I, that includes Donald Trump. I mean, he asked Donald Trump you know, if he'd ever repented, and he's like, he, we had a joke, we had a picture of a, a dog with a Bible going to a door, and he's talking door to door and a cat comes to the door and the cat's looking at him and says, repent of what? Mm -hmm. And that's actually what Donald Trump said when he was asked. Mm -hmm. So why, what is guiding Trump and why do we support a lot of what he says and does? Because he just happens to go along with a lot of what we believe is right. And then he surrounded himself with a lot of people. Some of them were goofballs like Paula White. But he also had like Mike Huckabee and other people like that around him. And they helped to guide him in a lot of these things. The same thing was with Ronald Reagan. You may not know this, but Reagan knew his Bible. Um, when, and there's a, uh, I bought a copy of the book a few years ago. But there was a Christian book um, that he read as a young man that stuck with him and then when he became an adult later he just he turned back to God and he credited that book and the Bible with then being his you know guide in life but because we don't have that kind of leadership that's why our country is going to hell uh, let's look at what it says there in Romans 13 it's been a while since we read it Romans 13. You should mark this down anytime you're talking about the government. This is one of the main passages for you to be familiar with. Beginning verse 1, it says, Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. You say, Well, what about when they're wicked? God's letting you, as a nation, He's letting you suffer for your own wickedness. I mean, why do you think 
the Romans were ruled by Caesars because it took that kind of a rule to keep them all in check because they were wicked pagans. And then why did they? Why did God allow them to conquer Israel? Because Israel was in apostasy, like we're reading about in Micah. Why is it happening to the United States of America now? Because America is wicked. Verse 2, read that. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. There is a place for government. And for the sake of order in society, you and I as Christians, we are to be the best citizens in the country. We should be the most law-abiding citizens in the country unless or until that government demands that we disobey God. Amen. That's when we stop obeying them. Amen. But as long as we're not being told to disobey God, we are to obey the law. He says this, verse 3, read that. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is the minister of God. Go ahead and read it with me. For he is the minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid. For he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth good. Evil, I'm sorry. That's what, that, that's it. <laughs> that's a, God's plan for government right there. And uh, whenever a government goes against this, these principles and becomes wicked itself, there's two things to keep in mind. And number one is that the vast majority of the people in that country are probably wicked. I don't know of an exception to that. Every time you go and you look at the, the Bolshevik Revolution, the Mao Revolution in China, you know, you go anywhere you see when they...